and disowned the adulterers and the drunks and the sick. But Jesus didn't shy away from these people. In Luke 5.32, he said, I have come to call the righteous, but, uh, sorry, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Meaning that the whole focus of his ministry was for those broken people, not the righteous ones. So in my life, being able to be Jesus and being able to be a part of this world enables me to be in the culture, but it also gives me an opportunity to be Jesus to others, basically, and in places where you might not expect or you and I might not expect. So please don't fall into the trap that you have to be 100% in the world to make a difference. Um, That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that Jesus was a part of the world and still God, and we are able to do exactly the same thing as him. So what I'm challenging you to do is to be involved in people's lives. Don't shy away, especially when you think, oh, you know, there's no chance that, you know, people are going to get saved in the situation or there's no chance that God's going to turn up. Because more than likely in those kind of times, he will. He'll turn up and he will move. And whether that be in your friends, your workplace, or even at parties or clubs or whatever it may be. Remember that God has called us to be righteous and upstanding and to hold a higher standard of ourselves because we are his children. So, bit of a story. So when I was younger, I had a great group of friends. Um, we loved to have a good time and we loved to um, you know, all hang out together. So when I was in high school um, and at university, to be honest, um, my friends and I would probably be in the, you know, having a party or in the clubs probably every other weekend. Um, now, when I was in these situations, I was never going to these parties or to town to get drunk or anything else other than to have fun with my friends, basically. So the fashionable thing to do at the time was for, the, you know, for me to get so drunk that I was you know, stumbling around and slurring my words like everybody else. But 100% of the time, I was the sober one in those situations. I would drive us into town, I would make sure that all my friends were safe, that they weren't getting lost, they didn't break up or anything like that, and at the end of the night they all had Maccas in their lap to go home to. So if I was to do the fashionable thing, I would just be another drunk dude stumbling around town. But because I chose differently, I was able to show the love of God to people. So being the sober one during those nights was my way of showing my friends that I was different. I didn't need alcohol or drugs to have a good time. I was able to have fun without that, basically. I remember those times, there was numerous times, actually, where I would be, you know, dancing and having a great time with my friends, and then someone that I knew, like an acquaintance, would come up and be like, man, Simon, are you really drunk tonight, or are you on something? I'm like, nah, man, just the Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) So remember that you guys are able to be God and to show love in others in situations outside of these four walls. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't spend his time inside a synagogue or a church or whatever it may be. He was out in the mess of it, in the wilderness, in towns, healing people, talking to people, all that kind of stuff. And where you least expect it, God's probably going to show up as well, because that's what exactly Jesus did. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I really love the heart and the idea behind Red Frogs. Um, if you don't know it, it's a, it's a university-focused ministry where they you know, go into universities and just be there as the church. Um, and it's so cool that the church and these people are turning up where people wouldn't expect them. You know, like, why would a church turn up at a O-week party and you know, be helping out? You know, it's it's kind of countercultural for, for normal people. So another area that um, 
that where Jesus wasn't fashionable was when he was challenging church cultures of the time. So I want to first tell a story and then we'll unpack this a little bit. So one of my oldest um, and closest friends uh, came out um, probably a year and a half ago as being gay. So him and I have been friends for a really, really long time. Um, His family and uh, him were basically the catalyst for me becoming a Christian in the first place. Um, So we did all the usual stuff that you would do, you know, go to youth group, go to youth camps, all that kind of stuff. And we kind of journeyed through finding God in our own ways. Um, So when, um, you know, we certainly grew up in a very conservative church, basically. Um, And so when he came out to his still very conservative church, you can imagine that there were some issues. Um, And I'm not saying the plural church, I'm not saying that the whole church responded this way, but there were certainly um, specific people within that church that responded really negatively to his decision. Um, And I'm sure that in any other church, or you know, there were certainly other people in that church that responded differently, basically. Now I know that some very hurtful things were said to him um, about his choice, and even going as far to say that these people didn't want to be associated with him anymore or didn't support him in what he was doing, basically. Uh, and as you can imagine, um, that would be pretty hard to hear from someone who's been in that church for 15, 16 kind of years. Um, and just because he's made the decision, this, you know, this decision, these people don't want to know him anymore. And so from this experience, basically, he's, uh, he's left the church um, from basically the way that he was, he was treated. And to be honest, I don't blame him. If any one of us was treated the way that he was treated, I think we would all have reacted the same way. So I, I don't hold it against him. But the thing is that no matter what, um, I love him. And not just because he's like a brother to me, but because he's a person who deserves to be loved. Right? So why do I, I kind of tell this story? Well, because I think it's a great illustration of when Jesus challenges the current church culture of his day. So one example of this is in Matthew 22, um, 34 to 40, uh, when Jesus is being challenged by the Pharisees on the greatest commandment. You guys remember this? So Jesus was um, kind of getting tra- somewhat trapped by the Pharisees to try and say that one of the ten was you know, higher than the others. Um, but he responded with this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So the Pharisees were basically just taken aback because Jesus responded with two brand new commandments for that. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbors. So I think there's some some parallels here. When that church family was responding to my friend's decision without love, I was. Um, I told him straight from the start that no matter what he decided, whatever he did in his life, I'm still going to love him, um, no matter what, basically. Now, I know that I've probably opened a really, really big can of worms sharing about something like that in a church, basically. But I wanted to bring it to light and get you guys thinking about it. You know, how would you respond in a situation similar to that um, as, you know, as a member of a, of a church, basically? And so remember that we'll never get it perfect, you know, but we can strive to love all, not just people who are like us or people who fit into our frame, but all. I challenge you to love the people in your life who challenge you, who 
maybe don't have the same worldview as you, who push back on some things that you do, because everyone deserves to be loved and find belonging somewhere. And we are called by God to love in this world. Um, And as I basically finish up, the the panel can come up. But as I kind of draw to a close, I want to, I guess, accentuate two points. The first one, decide to follow God even when it's unfashionable or countercultural, especially during the hard times. I know, I've been through the, the hard times of having that external pressure, wanting to fit in with whoever it may be, you know, having the workmates, having the people around you challenge you. Um, but if you stick to your faith, you're not going to sell yourself out. And a lot of the time you actually gain a lot more respect from sticking to your faith and sticking to what you believe in if you didn't. Um, so I've kind of stuck to my faith and I believe that even though it isn't fashionable in this culture, and even when it's countercultural, I'm still sticking to what I believe in. So I encourage you guys to do the same. Second one, love God, love others. That's it. Real simple. And I encourage you to meet people where they are, because you'll be amazed at the difference you can make in someone's life when you just turn up in their world and just show them some love, basically. So this is what a, a, a lot, um, this is what Jesus basically did a lot in his ministry. There are so many examples throughout the Bible. You can read them all in the Gospels. And one of them was the adulterous woman by the well. He met her where she was and was able to basically, you know, change her perception on God or whatever. Um, the man with leprosy, the centurion, the list goes on and on and on. He met them where they were, he showed them love, and he changed their lives, and we're able to do exactly the same thing. So, love others, sorry, love others as much as you can and however you can. And remember, God's love is perfect, even if ours isn't all the time. Thank you. Cool. That's given us a lot to think about, I think, which is really good. That's why we're here, right? Um, Guys, we're going to spend a bit of time chatting about this now and uh, asking Simon and these other guys some questions. And you can be a part of that if you like, uh, sending in some questions to that number, which we may or may not get to over the next 10 minutes. We'll see how we go. Uh, On the panel tonight, we've got Zusha down the end here. uh, And this is Emma. And uh, I'm Dave. Um, so I guess, Simon, I think we could sum up your message with the song that you said you loved, right? So you don't care what it looks like, you're diving in, yeah. right? Because yeah. nothing, <laughs> no. nothing can stop this passion no. when you're praising him, no. right? Not Sweet. <laughs> so, no, that, it's, that's really, it's, yeah. But I guess, can, can I ask you a question? Because you've, you've brought some great stuff. Do you get this right all the time? No, 100%. No, no? definitely not. I mean, we're certainly not all perfect, um, and I'm no exception. But I certainly do try as hard as I possibly can to be God and to be Jesus and to show love to others. I mean, it's certainly hard when someone's all up in your face being like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, why do you believe that? Um, But then you still got to take a step back and be like, no, this is a child of God. You know, this person's been created in God's image. God loves them as much as he loves me. So why shouldn't I love them, basically? Okay, okay, so this is a question for all of us now. Um, so from there, you've, you've just, that's one thought, I've got to remember this person's a child of God. So what are, that's one thing that helps you. What are some things that stop us from getting it right? Where do, where do we 
go wrong? Or do we need to come back to that question? I think if you know somebody really well, like if it's family, I struggle a lot with family to step back because when it's family, you're so immersed in who they are and how they react and everything, and it's so much closer that it's so hard to step back and go, oh, this is a child of God, because you're like, oh, it's just my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. When you're close, you can see all their flaws, right? So, yeah, so often when we interact with people, we only have to deal with one problem at a time, right? But when you're really close, yeah, I, I get that. I get it. I get it. Okay, um, here's a question. What's, what's an area of life where it's not fashionable to be Jesus, but you still are? And what does that look like? So I'm going to kick us off on that one. Okay, yeah. I think one, um, one area that I, I wanted to talk about, but I wouldn't have just had time to cover, was my kind of work life. Um, so I work in recruitment, and so my, my day job is just people, basically. That's all I'm dealing with. So as you can imagine, people are great, but then they're also terrible sometimes because we're all human, right? Yeah. We all make mistakes. We all do silly things, basically. Um, and so my job is fantastic because I can have the best days ever, but then all of a sudden the next day is just like into the ground. But I guess one, the why I, I'm able to be Jesus and outwork my faith in that kind of place is to still, you know, appreciate, love somebody, you know, see them for who they are, no matter if they, you know, let me down or whatever it may be. Um, So I guess taking a step back from, I know that, you know, some people in my kind of industry just see people as, you know, numbers to be, to be worked or, you know, bills to be paid or whatever it may be. Um, But for me, it's taking a step back and saying, like I said before, this person was created by God and they're still a person, like, yeah, they, you know, they let me down, they did something silly, whatever it may be, but they're still God, like, they're still created by God, so it's being able to see them as a, as a person as opposed to, like, a, a number or whatever. You guys, anything? Um, I think, for me, something that was quite challenging was uh, last year I got to go on this awesome overseas trip um, to America, and it was great. And the question that I got most when before I left and when I came home was, oh, my gosh, did you go to Disneyland? Um, but, no, actually, I didn't go to Disneyland because uh, 10 years ago, God <clears throat> really challenged me that he wanted me to go to this place called the Dream Center. And that meant for my big overseas holiday, when everyone else would go to Disneyland and all that kind of stuff, I actually was able to go and spend a week in downtown L.A. just really serving the people down there and seeing what the Dream Center do. And they do a whole lot of outreaches and stuff. And I think that was something that I guess wasn't very fashionable because it was like, oh, you go to America, you mm. get to do all these really cool things. Like I did a little bit of sightseeing and shopping yeah. and things like that. But the, the, the thing that – I could have easily gone to Disneyland, but I was like, that's not the reason I'm here. Mm. That's not what God's called me to do. So how did you, how did you carry that? Because, I mean, you say, oh, I just chose to do that. But that's quite a big choice, right? So how did you carry that? Is that something that just – just a desire for 10 years and it just built and built and built or what? Yeah, I think it's something that, um, I guess, God just kind of put in my heart a long time ago, and I just didn't, never really kind of got around to doing it. And so when I decided, when I booked those flights, when I decided to it, I was like, I don't care what else comes up. This is actually the one thing that I'm going for, and this is the one thing that I'm doing. I don't care that... what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diving, I'm diving in. in. Yeah. You're good at this, you know, Dave. That's what yeah. God called me to do, and even though there were so many other opportunities and things to do, like... The thing, I guess, yeah, in life that I always hold on to is that that's what God's called me to do. God's called me to love people. God's called me to go to America to love people, you know? Yeah. Do you want to add anything to this one? Or? 
No? Um, do you know? Do you know a really a really simple thing? I mean, I my whole life, I, Sunday mornings I go to church, yeah. right? And it's not something that I. It's a, it's not a commitment that I've made. It's a conviction that I have, carry in my heart that meeting with God's people is an important thing to do. So that has impacted. I was going to say thousands, but that makes me sound too old. Hundreds of Saturday nights in my life, right? It has impacted hundreds of Saturday nights because I have chosen not to do things because I know that actually what I really want to do because it's something that I think is really, really important is I'm going to be gathering the house of God on Sunday morning, and so I'm not going to do that on Saturday night, right? So it's not very not very fashionable, mind you. I don't think anybody's accused me of being particularly fashionable. <laughs> no, this shit's fashionable. You, you, do, you do that better than I do, nice. Simon. So I think you do better no, than I do. That's no, nice. a good shit. It is a good shit. Okay. Okay. Um, sometimes we come across really, really difficult people, right? And I'm just so honoured to be sitting with three of them tonight. Um, how do you show love to those really difficult people that... In your in your life, so it's not just the it's not just the occasional person you bump to bump into. It's ah, oh, they're, they're making this really hard. How do you how do you carry that? Zusha. I could say something straight away. Yeah, I think for me it would be to say nothing. Because for me, like I'm, I can be quite opinionated. So if somebody comes against me with something and it's like, oh really? Like I could say a lot. <laughs> 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 so it's learning how to not say something. Instead of trying to find the right words, because even then I can really stuff it up. Right. And I know heaps of people that can testify to me saying the wrong thing when I was trying to... Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it's just so hard, because the human part of you just wants to just write them off and be like, you're dumb, get out of my face kind of thing. But we just can't, as Christians, we just can't do that. We just can't let ourselves get the better of ourselves, if that makes sense. Like, we've just got to somehow keep in the back of our mind that God still loves them, that, you know, he created them for a plan and a purpose just like us. And even though they're being super challenging and super difficult and, you know, doing whatever, pushing all our buttons, whatever it may be, they're still, there's still someone that needs to be loved, basically. Okay, so in your message you talked about uh, living in the world but not of it because we have God's perspective of people. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So how, do we, how do we grab that sometimes? <laughs> Where do we get that from? I think it's, it's spending time, one, with God, and two, with God's... Hold on. No, spending time with God and then spending time looking at people through God's perspective kind of thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, instead of just seeing people as people, as like, oh, it's just another another person but seeing them through okay you know reading the word and spending time with him all that kind of stuff but then seeing these people as god's people i feel like i've said that a lot tonight but it's yeah yeah um i don't know how many of you have worked with um probably five to nine year olds they're they're a really great bunch um (laughs) yeah and actually through the after-school program that we run here, we get to work with some really um, interesting children. Um, and sometimes it's not easy to love them when mm. they're biting you and kicking you and spitting at you and telling you how much they hate you. But also kind of along with what Zosha said, sometimes you, you I'm don't really think... sorry my kids said that about you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yours the worst. No, I'm kidding. Um, actually, sometimes not saying anything is fine, but just being there. Mm. And actually, you know, for us, we... 
you know, I have the opportunity to sometimes we just give them a hug and that's fine. Mm. But actually, also what you were saying, um, before, like, I would go to after-school program, it's actually a decision to go, and it's a decision on what kind of attitude you're going to bring when you're there. Mm. And you actually have to choose to love the people in front of you or the children who are there um, before you even get there. Because mm. it doesn't matter what kind of day they've had, what kind of mood they're in, mm. whether they're going to tell you how much they hate you that day. Like, you, you've already chosen to love them. Mm. You've already gone, yeah. God, like, this yeah. child yeah. is... Yeah. One of yours, you love them, yeah. so kind of, I'm going to do my part in loving them. Yeah, it's like setting yourself up for success. Yeah, totally. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to choose to love these people no matter what, whatever they do today or whatever, yeah. And kind of what you said, Dave, about, you know, oh, Sundays, that's what I'm, I'm going to church. Mm. It's something that has already been right. kind of decided. It's mm, kind yeah. of like serving as well. Like, yeah. you've already committed, you've decided, so I've committed to saying, I'm going to go to this after-school program and love the young people mm. there. So when one of them... You know, loses yep. the plot. Well, that doesn't really change anything. Right. Doesn't mean I'm always perfect. Yep. Doesn't mean sometimes <laughs> I don't get totally frustrated about yep. it. But actually, I take a breath and I stop and I go, actually, no, that's not the attitude I'm going to have because I've already decided that I'm going to love this child today. Yep. Yeah, I think sometimes for me, I feel like I've got this great, great relationship with God, so it's me and God against the world. And you forget, like, I have, in order to remember how to love people, how. God does, I think, oh, well, I've got this with God, and he feels this, I've accepted what he feels about me, so I've just got to remember he feels that about every single other person in the entire world, and if I can accept that he loves me like that, and really believe in it so, so much, then I've got to remember that that's the same for everybody as well. No, I think Simon brought out that, you know, Jesus changed everybody he met, Mm. but he loved them first, and I think that we probably all need to carry that, if we try and change people before we've loved them then we've lost. Um, Cool. Hey, thanks, guys. That's really great. I'm going to hand over to Jono, and um, he's going to close this off. Yeah, let's give these guys a hand. Um, While they're jumping down, the band can come and join us again. Why don't you stand? We're going to go back into our time of worship. As we do, like, we've been doing this, this series, I have decided. I have decided... And for whatever that means. But I think after a, after a topic like we've just discussed just now about loving people, I think that as we go into this next, um, these next few songs, this is a challenge for us to really go, have, have I decided? Have I decided um, in my workplace that I am going to love the people around me? Have I decided that I am going to carry God into every situation I go into? Have I decided to see the world through God's perspective. And Dave mentioned something really interesting on the panel there where he says, there's a, he, he said, it's, it's not just a commitment I've made, it's a conviction I carry. And I think, you know, we can, we can talk, about, uh, talk about a topic like I have decided, and I have decided is a commitment that you can make right now. It's a decision you can make in advance and go, yeah, I have decided to do that. But in the heat of the moment, when something pops up, when you get, when you get pushed into a situation that you didn't expect, If it's just a head thing, it'll go out the window. If it's just at a head level, it'll go out the window. But I have decided needs to move from a commitment that you have to a conviction that you carry. And it can only become a conviction that you carry when you've got God's Spirit with you. It can only be a conviction that you carry when you have Jesus with you. And so I want to challenge you as we go into these next few songs... 
to spend that time. Maybe you want to come down the front. Maybe you just want to jump into the aisle or whatever it is. But to make that decision again, that wherever you go, I'm going to carry Jesus where I am, that I'm going to have his presence whenever I go into my workplace, when I go into my school, when I go into the university, I'm going to carry his presence where I go. I'm going to look at the world through his perspective. But it needs to be a conviction that you carry. So make a decision tonight and then ask God to hold you to that decision. Because then when you face those moments, you're going to be ready to go because he's going to be with there, right there with you. So the band's going to lead us, and I'd love to encourage you to spend those next two songs or so really doing that.